this ever happened to you? You created an enterprise app, and for the main selling point, it's the AI integration. You've worked hard to make the software personalized based on the data you have. Then the deal starts to fall apart. They tried it out with their employees, and they keep getting nervous using it. Apparently, they're calling the avatar really creepy, and there's just something they can't put their finger on about how the software makes them feel, but they don't like it. Let's make sure this doesn't happen. The podcast is called Design for AI. It's here to help define the space where machine learning intersects with UX, where we talk to experts and discuss topics around designing a better AI. The music is by Roll Music. I'm your host, Mark Bailey. Let's get started. Today we'll be diving into what makes AI creepy for people and how to design it out of your product. Creepy is definitely different than fear. We've covered fear of AI in a previous episode, and if your users are getting creeped out, it's very different. While they do sound similar, the way to tell the difference is that fear is something you know and is able to run away from, or not to use it in the first place. But if something is creepy, well, it it might be dangerous, but you're not sure. There's an ambivalence. Basically, something is telling our brain that the software is doing something outside of accepted social norms. If it was a person, it would be like standing too close or staring or something to make us become suspicious of their intentions. Someone can be completely familiar with machine learning, and they can use it every day, but they can still get creeped out by badly designed AI. For this episode, we'll be looking into current research into psychology, uh, feedback from previous software, and even what causes whorehouses to be so creepy. The Pinnacle Psychology paper on creepiness is called On the Nature of Creepiness, and I'll go ahead and link that in the show notes. Now, it says that there are four driving factors for creepiness. One, they make you fearful or anxious. Two, uh, you'll discern if there is in fact something to fear or not from the person in question. Three, the creepiness is seen as part of the personality of the individual rather than just their behavior. And four, we may think that they may have a sexual interest in us. Now, before writing off that last item as something that doesn't cross over from psychology to software design, know that in surveys, men are usually seen as more creepy than uh, women. So using a female voice for, say, I don't know, Siri, Cortana, Alexa, and just about every other AI voice system out there, you can actually lower the creepiness level for women using your product. For all the other driving factors, it makes sense that AI can put people on edge. This is something that is new, people aren't familiar with it, and the machine learning model is trying to do something independently of what the user uh, is used to, and they are not sure if they want to trust it or not. So to cover all the things that are reported to add to the creepy feeling, I'm going to go ahead and break it up into two different groups. First, good design, and second, good interaction. Now, for good design, we're going to go ahead and start with visual design. When people are creeped out by a person, contributing features to that person are that they could have greasy hair, or a peculiar smile, bulging eyes, long fingers, unkept hair, very pale skin, bags under their eyes, they're dressed oddly, or they're wearing dirty clothes. In computer terms, if ever there was evidence that you would need a well-designed homepage, or a landing page, or a first impression for what your product is, this is it. So the research that I'll go ahead and link in the show notes says that your brain will make a judgment about trustworthiness in only 39 milliseconds after seeing a face. And as soon as something captures our attention as being abnormal, 
we start to deconstruct the face, and then from there we just deconstructed the entire person. And the same is true for using AI software. If your software is well designed, and then you have not blown the initial impression. This is important because of something called a halo effect. Basically, uh, for attractive people, they are deemed as more trustworthy, uh, whether they are Nobel laureates or criminals. That's what they actually compare in the paper. So what do I mean by good design? Well, I'll give you the counter example instead. If the app was created and it just throws all the data up on the screen without any thought on how it would look, what are the chances that when a user sees it, that they're gonna, it's going to raise their suspicion that you could have forgotten something in your haste and your data that, you're, that they are passing over to your product could be very vulnerable. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that details are important, so you need to pay attention to them. And the more details that you can make sure are right for the user, the more that the initial impression will be better, and the less likely that they'll get creeped out by the software as they use it. The next area for good design is language and sound use. People are looking for signs of kindness or aggressiveness in the faces of the people that they're evaluating, and the same is true for software. Aggressive or abrupt language will put people on edge. So even more so than with normal software, AI already has a reputation for movies, so it needs to explain what's happening without being abrupt or using euphemisms as much as possible. Another thing that creeps people out is a person that stands too close to them or uses overly friendly language. And the perfect example I can think of for this is a creepy salesperson uh, who will instantly act like they're your friend. Now, if your product includes any sales, make sure that the language uh, in the product is toned down and try and make it more professional. Now, this goes against current trend of having the language be overtly friendly, so this could be one of the causes of where AI creepiness seems to be coming from. Now, in the same category as language, you need to also pay attention to nonverbal cues. So don't mimic non-word voice nonverbal cues. Now, that's pretty technical, but basically this is things like hand movements or body language. While they are fundamental to smooth human interaction, uh, this is starting to get into the uncanny valley, which we'll be covered later, but for now uh, it's just so easy that it get to get interaction wrong. A good example of this was Duplex. It's a speech system from Google that was demoed uh, last year at a 2018 conference that I'll link to in the show notes. It convinced unknowing people that it was human because of the amazing accuracy of the speech engine. It uh, included pauses and sighs and ums. But in all the reviews of the system, people said it was creepy for the same reasons that uh, it sighed and said, hmm. I mentioned this previously, but the technology can get ahead of the technological understanding. And when it does, things look like non-understandable magic. And when people are afraid of things that they don't understand. Now another nonverbal cue that creeps people out is the person laughing at unpredictable times or displaying inappropriate emotion. And I've covered working in humor into your AI personality, and this is basically a perfect example. If it's done wrong, it comes across as creepy. Now, the inclusion of emotion in machine learning is fraught with obstacles, so make sure to tread slowly and verify every change. Basically, user test after every addition, and go ahead and regression test for the compatibility for each task to make sure the emotional tone stays consistent throughout the entire user journey. 
Now, the last thing that crosses over from research into design is that the most frequent mentioned creepy hobbies involve collecting things. And most likely, your product is going to be collecting a lot of data about the user. So my recommendation is don't really talk about all the info that you're collecting from the user. Now, I'm not saying to lie or even to hide the fact that you're collecting the data, because that would actually make it things worse. Uh, there just doesn't need to be a feature that your app beeps every time it learns a new factoid about the user or something like that. And I've seen this from very technical products. They want to sell the technology, but trust me, this is not the way to do that. Okay, so then the second topic is good interaction. And there are things that make people creepy when someone interacts with them. So the biggest creepy warning that uh, was reported that comes from interacting with someone is when a person uh, makes it nearly impossible to leave the conversation without appearing rude, or if that person relentlessly steers the conversation back to the same one topic. So the design element to take away from this is to make sure that your product has a way to talk to a human. Too many people see the AI as a way to totally remove call centers or any human interaction, and really you can't do that. Uh, you'll still need to have some kind of way to support your product, even with a perfect machine learning model. And also in the same vein, you don't want to have conversational AI as the only interaction interface. Um, it doesn't really work in an office setting or in public, so forcing the user to interact in that way will put them on edge. And this also means that you don't want to have the app keep circling around the same script until the user agrees to it. This point affects sales apps pretty much the most. If your product is only there to make a sale, then if you miss that sale, you pretty much want to say goodbye when they drop out of the sale funnel. And if your product has other functionality, then you, you want to make sure to return to where the user was previously in the interface so they don't stay inside the sales funnel. The next most creepy thing is asking for details about personal life. Basically, too many questions are a problem or too personal of questions are a problem. Just think about the flashlight app that's on your phone that is trying to request access to your entire address book. Now, you will need to review the questions that you are asking the user. It is something that you already know from somewhere else, then you don't want to ask that question. Is it something that you could get from inferring from putting two answers from two other questions together that you already asked? Again, you know, do it that way instead of asking another question. Um, and the last interaction faux pas is talking about personal life too much. Now, the way that this affects the software is probably going to be for a startup. Um, a lot of startups are very proud of their product and their company and their backstory, but you don't want to force this story on the users. If they ask for it or if they look for it, that's fine. That's not a problem. But keep the personal details into its own separate area that's only there if someone goes looking for them. Alright, let's go ahead and take a look at interaction lessons that we can learn from whorehouses. Now, they increase their creepiness through introducing stillness before any large movements. To avoid this for your product, you're going to want to pace the level of interaction. Try to keep the questions and actions balanced through the entire user journey. If you are using a scripted conversational UI, each block of text should be similar in size as possible to keep the pacing the same throughout the whole journey. 
The next tip for Morehouses is that they use uh, sound for distraction to cover motion. Basically, if you hear a scream coming from one direction, then you won't notice a movement that's coming from another direction. So that after the sound is over, suddenly there's a zombie right next to you. So the lesson to avoid this problem is to make sure that sound and motion line up so that the user knows what movements and sound are associated to which actions. So you know, the way that you solve this is to create a hierarchy of user actions. So if there are multiple actions that are happening at the same time, you can prioritize sound and movements so that the user is not overloaded with information. Another lesson for whorehouses are to use sudden unexpected changes or movements to increase the creepiness. Basically, something that you are not expecting to move will. So for an example of this, think of a lot of mannequins that are scattered around the room so that as you enter the room, the ones that are closest to you are obviously mannequins, but one further back is just a person disguised in a mannequin that can jump up as soon as your back is turned. So the lesson to avoid for this is to make sure that you use a consistent design language. Now for con conversational UIs, this means consistent trigger words that follow whatever platform you're using, or creating your own if you're creating your own platform. And for consistent visual design, use a, use a design system that'll help uh, using consistent colors or language or shapes or flow. Those will all lower the user's suspicion level. Okay, now let's go ahead and talk about the uncanny valley. This refers to the idea that humans react favorably to humanoid figures and interaction with one until you reach a breaking point where they just become too human. At this point, uh, the small differences between the human and the inhuman make uh, maybe like an awkward gait or the inability to use appropriate eye contact or uh, not unusual speech patterns become a whole bunch more noticeable because everything else is right um, and except for that one thing. And this can cause discomfort and creepiness. Uh, the idea originated from Japanese robotics uh, back in the 1970s essay um, that anticipated the challenges of robot makers that what they would face. Now this is basically the reason for cartoon avatars or cartoon looking robots and why video games, when they air out, it seems so creepy. Uh, the most recent example of this is what we've already talked about earlier with uh, Google's Duplex. Um, it was close, but the voice just wasn't 100% human, so it was squarely in that uncanny valley area. Of course, the way to avoid this is not to go into the valley itself. Uh, like most other products, you can use cartoony levels of detail or use animals instead of people for the avatars or just don't use avatars at all. Um, it's also important to let the user know that there are limitations. Uh, if a user is expecting perfection, the uncanny valley is a whole lot wider than if they know where the limits are. So putting this all together, uh, think of it like this. Creepiness is your brain's way of detecting danger. Anything that's out of the ordinary or unexpected, your brain is going to warn you about it. We've evolved to err on the side of detecting threats in such uh, these ambiguous situations. So you want to use human-centered design to avoid these problems. So for human-centered design, we want to start with the need. A lot of creepiness comes from trying to solve your need instead of the customer's need. So make sure that you're trying to solve the customer's problem. And just using machine learning model to sell them stuff or collecting all their data is going to trigger the warning bells in the user's head. 
Next, go ahead and map out the journey for how the user expects to solve the problem. Test the user journey to make sure, and then this just keeps the uh, down on the unexpected turns in the journey. It is just good design to keep your user updated on where they are in the journey, where else they can go, and uh, what else they can do from the point they are at in their journey. Now in normal software, if you don't give these uh, marker points, um, it's basically it's just going to create confusing software. And if the users know that there's machine learning involved when the so with the software, um, they're going to think that the AI is in the driver's seat and the lack of control leads to this creepy feeling. Now, to keep the user in control, you want to let them decide on the info that you are collecting. Ask them if they want better interaction through data collection. Ask them if they want personalized ads. If the product requires data to be collected to function correctly, it's better to tell the customer that the product can't continue than it is to try and collect the data without warning the customer. Okay, and of course, let's talk about user testing. Now we've covered a lot of things to check uh, for and to remove creepiness from your product, but how do you know when it works? Well, of course you do user testing. So besides the type of user testings that I've mentioned previously, um, there's a very quantitative way to measure it. People actually feel cold when they get creeped out. And I'll go ahead and link the uh, research to that in the show notes. So if nothing else um, works, just you know, get a baseline of what your users think the temperature is before they use the product. Then go ahead and measure the old version and then measure the new version and you can just get their feedback on what they think the temperature is. And as long as you have that consistent, um, as long as it's not getting colder, then they're not thinking it, that the new software is creepier. And we're going to go ahead and need to end it there. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this episode. But I would love to hear back from you on how you were able to avoid creepiness in your product. And go ahead and use your phone to record a voice memo then email it to me at podcast at designforai.com. The question that I want to hear the answer to is, what ways have you heard people say AI or machine learning was creepy for them? And that's also an awesome way to, for you to let me know what you like and what you would like to hear more of, or if you have any questions or comment, go ahead and record those messages for those too. If you'd like to see what I'm up to, you can find me on Twitter at designforai. So thank you again, and remember, with how powerful AI is, let's design it to be usable for everyone. Thank you. Thank you.